Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you're about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's web clinic. The topic for today's clinic is the five best ways to optimize email response, part three. We began this with Dr. McLaughlin's speech in Miami at the Marketing Sherpa Email Summit, uh, have continued through our web clinic last week where we talked a little bit more about some of the optimization principles, and by popular demand, we have added this third part, which is going to be largely comprised of live optimization of your emails. Uh, so we are really looking forward to getting this. We've assembled a crack team of uh, optimization experts here, uh, five people, including myself. My name is Andy Mott. I'm the Senior Manager of Research Partnerships for Marketing Experiments. Uh, I will introduce Jimmy Ellis, who is a Director of Optimization Research. We've also got uh, Adam Lapp, Research Analyst, Boris Krinko, who is Senior Manager of Research and Strategy, and Corey Trent, another Research Analyst from our team. So. Four of these five people are email marketing experts, but I'm not going to tell you which four. So that'll leave a little bit of excitement for our web clinic today. So what we'd like to start off with, just to get everyone in the mood of, uh, to be thinking about optimization, is an experiment. So I'll provide you a little bit of background about this experiment that our team ran, uh, which was with a, a financial institution who was offering online savings accounts. The objective of this experiment was to inc increase click-through from an email message to the landing page. And our primary research question was, which email design will produce the highest click-through? Uh, for our blog readers, we fe featured this on our blog today and asked uh, you to test your marketer's intuition in advance, and I will be talking about the winner of that little contest here uh, at the end of this experiment. So let's go ahead and get started by showing you the control. This is the original email. You can see that uh, just a couple uh, points here, no critique. Uh, just uh, It utilizes uh, graphic imagery in the email. Uh, it's got a very clean format. It does have multiple calls to action. And there are some readability slash usability issues on here. It, it can be difficult in some places. This is the control. So now we'll go on and show you the three experimental treatments. So treatment one. Uh, copy-rich, uh, more traditional email look and feel, probably looks like the 150 or so that each of you get every day in your work email accounts. Uh, not much graphic, just a little bit of uh, branding identification there. Is written in the personal letter style, and the call to action are embedded links. So that's treatment number one. Treatment number two uh, actually looks a little bit more like a, like a landing page. It's got that banner at the top. It uh, does uh, have that seal there that uh, displays a security guarantee. Uh, has a little bit more of a, a look and feel like a landing page would, but it does have a single call to action at the bottom. That's treatment two. Our final treatment, number three, is very similar to treatment two. Really, the most uh, noticeable difference here is it lacks the banner. So it gets to the point a little bit quicker because it doesn't have the banner at the top, but does still have the security seal and a single call to action. So I will now ask our marketing audience, team of experts, to uh, tell us, and that this is you, audience, not my actual in-the-room team of experts, to tell us which one you think had the highest click-through. Control, treatment one, two, or three. Please use the Q&A feature in the GoToWebinar to let us know. And I'll monitor that here. Looks like getting uh, uh, lots of twos, a uh, couple threes, a couple controls. 
Good job. For those of you who are brave enough to say the control, have uh, been attending our web clicks in the past and see that not the treatment zone always win. Okay, lots of twos and threes. I, I think generally the feeling is, is number two. Uh, so before I reveal the winner, I'll start by saying that the uh, blog reader who has the very best marketing intuition is Stephanie Kelly of Pathway Medical Staffing. She picked the winner uh, on today's blog post. So Stephanie knows the winner is. Let's go ahead and show the winner to everybody else. The winner is treatment number one, the copy-rich email, had a relative difference of 42.34% uh, over the control, which is an increase in click-through. So for a moment, let's take a look at why. So here's the treatment again. So the question we're asking here is why was this effective? So for those of you who attended the web clinic that we did last, part two, that uh, Dr. McLaughlin hosted, we learned that the most effective emails really synchronize the, dis uh, the decision patterns of the recipient through commonality of language. So this email is very personal. It feels like it could have been written specifically to the customer, even though it is a, a marketing message. Uh, and it is meant to capture the person's attention and to convince them to click through elements of copy that we have in here. So it does use all of the best practices that we've spoken about in previous web clinics. And as you can see from the results, 42% increase in click-through is what we had. So without any further ado, you asked for it, here it comes. The live optimization portion of the clinic, which we will spend the rest of our time together on today. So the first contestant is going to be Super Circuits. So in this one, the objective of this is uh, transactional. This one, uh, the audience here is mixed consumers, uh, law enforcement and security dealers, and there are calls to action to the home page, catalog page, uh, product page, and blog. So for analysis, let, well, I'm going to turn this over to the team. Yeah, what are you doing to me over here? This is the first victim, Andy, not the first sample, the first victim. So, so oh. before, <laughs> I get started on, before I get started on the actual email, there are some things we, we don't know. We do not know how the customer got on this email list. We also don't know how targeted the email list was. So for all these emails we're looking at today, we did not have the entire picture. We're really looking at these individual samples that were sent to us, trying to make improvements. So for these guys, here it is, super circuits. The first one is too many objectives. So when I look at this page, I see like a banner-like image up top with this advanced infrared cameras, and then you go into the elements of the page. And it's actually, like I said, it looks like a page, but it's actually an email. So that's, that's one of them. But you have one product right there. But if you look on the right-hand side of this image, there's actually a longer screenshot of it. And there's actually four separate products in this one email. There's also, at the top of the right navigation, a Super, super Circuits catalog. Right below the catalog is Jake's blog, which is a, a bunch of health articles. And then within each product, there is the view button, and also the, the link to the video. So what's going on is I'm trying to decide how do I process this email, what do you really want me to do, and I'm getting confused with almost like an information overload. So on this one, in terms of objectives, it's a lot easier to get someone to do the one primary objective you want them to do, which is the most likely to click through on a link to the advanced infrared camera section or special or something like that on your site, as opposed to having three or four or five different objectives on the page. The second one is too much friction. So I mentioned all the different objectives. That's one source of friction because there's confusion. But there's also friction in terms of length. 
I mean, this is an email. This is not a landing page. This email is very, very long. It has a lot of content. So the length of the, disc, of, of the content actually is friction in the mind of the consumer. The third point is, in most cases, the customer should not decide in an email. This goes to the strategy that they're using for this specific one where they're listing the price. Was $79.99, now $59.99. If this was an email about sales for infrared cameras, I'd probably include the price, but if you're just trying to get a click, which is what most emails are set to do, the objective is to get a click to the landing page, which can typically do a much better job of selling the customer than an email, then you wouldn't want the price. You wouldn't want quite as many details. You'd want just enough to get them interested to click on that button to go to the landing page, which would give them additional information, sorting and filtering. And I actually went on these guys' site, and I, I, think, uh, I think there's like 246-something cameras. So... It's a whole lot to choose from, and, and trying to nail somebody in this one email is going to be difficult. Um, the last one, unclear value proposition. If you look in the bottom right, we've kind of highlighted this box. It says, our guarantee, free life contract, support, huge in-stock inventory, industry-living warranties, 110% low-price guarantee. Those things are not communicated anywhere in the primary IPAP, in the mainframe of your email window. They're not going to see any of that good stuff at all and it's totally missing. I mean, a strategy that I would test on this particular email would be to use the images because the images, I mean, this is a retail good. They need to be able to see what they they get. But you could almost say um, view over 246 uh, infrared cameras at guaranteed lowest prices and then support it with your 110% low price guarantee, some icons and credibility, and then one main call to action, which is to go to the advanced infrared camera section, boom, and you're off and running. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate that. One other thing that we wanted to comment about about this email is that um, there certainly are a lot of objectives in here, and uh, the one thing that we may want to ask the audience to, or ask the the company who submitted this to point out is maybe what makes something best, like other than the best seller, but why would you pick this particular product, or what's the real value of this product other than it's the best selling? I mean, it could be the best selling because it's the cheapest, or it could be the best selling because it's the highest quality. So it was one other comment that we had uh, had here from the team. Okay, next, uh, Jimmy says, victim, I say contestant, uh, is going to be uh, eMaint. Uh, this one was supri- uh, supplied by uh, Rona Palmer. Uh, eMate is a, uh, this is the uh, information they provided us, a visionary SaaS company uh, leading in the development of next generation on demand solutions for maintenance and asset management. Uh, so the audience for this was a group of people who uh, visited the website, and this is a lead follow-up email who, uh, fil- for people who filled out the contact me form saying that configurability was an important feature in their selection process, but uh, the company has yet to make any contact with this person. So I'm going to ask Corey Trent to give us some analysis on, on this analysis. Uh, had analysis. Analysis. Okay. Analysis. Next. Analysis. Uh, analysis. Victim. Analysis. Testing. Analysis. 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 Uh, it's going to be uh, email. Uh, this one was supplied by Rosa Palmer. Uh, is a uh, the, uh, they 
of the SaaS company, lead development of next demand solution for maintenance and management. So the idea of this is people who did the website, lead Uh, the company yet make contact with this. So 
So uh, if you can remember from the email messaging uh, heuristic, as we've discussed in previous web clinics, uh, that the purpose of an email is not to sell, as Jimmy said, it's not to do anything more than to get a click to the landing page because your landing page is going to give you a lot more opportunity to do a lot more selling and, and manipulate a lot more of the variables that are involved in the, uh, in, the, in the heuristic than you can actually manipulate inside the email. So we are seeing lots of objectives here. I realize this is a, a newsletter style email and that that may be one reason why you have to have a few objectives, but this is really trying to accomplish a lot. Also, from a strict usability perspective, this, there are some elements here that are very difficult to read, particularly the, the white on lime green headers. Uh, very difficult to read. Uh, and while it may look great or may match your branding color scheme, you have to remember first that you have a, a, a responsibility to your audience before you have a responsibility to your brand police to make sure that they're getting the most out of every email that you send. Uh, in this, we're, we're finding no conversation with the reader at all. So an email, when email was invented, if we can remember way back when, uh, it was a one-to-one -one personal communication method. Uh, and it was meant to engage a conversation and meant to be something that was used back and forth. And us marketers have taken over email and made it just another way to blast our message in front of people. And we've found that that is the least effective way to use email. Engage your readers in a conversation, engage your customers in a conversation, and you're going to find a lot more opportunity for uh, for engaging them in something more meaningful down the line, like on your landing page or when you get into their process. Uh, Adam, I'd like to ask you if you have anything to add here. Sure. So you mentioned, uh, you know, the green color scheme and, you know, matching it to the brand. One thing you need to remember is that color is a very important element in terms of controlling a visitor's eye path. And what will, what will happen if you have an entire page and you're schemed in the same exact colors, everything blends in together. Um, so sort of the rule of thumb that I use a lot, I, I call it personally, I call it the, uh, the Schindler's List rule where, you know, you have the whole black and white movie and then all of a sudden a girl in a little red dress shows up. You notice that red dress right away. So instead of having everything green here, you know, identify what is the most important thing for somebody to see um, and have that be the only green thing or have that being a different color than green could be a good idea. Great. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Corey, uh, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I do. Uh, one of the elements that I noticed in looking at Oh, Corey, I think your microphone might be off. Sorry about okay. that. Uh, one thing that I noticed in looking at this email is we introduced an element of the seminar to the right. However, for some of your users, you talk about the seminar and what, what it is about, but in just first glance, I struggle with how I can learn more. We have register now with an exclamation point after that, but I don't see anywhere where I can actually click through. And if that is just an image that they can, you know, click through and get to the website, that's assuming that they're going to maybe hover over that and recognize that. So if that is something that's a goal of the email, make something that stands out to, to let them know that they can actually click through and register here. Um, because if you're relying on them to maybe hover over it, see if it's a link, or come back to your website and kind of search for that, that's a strong assumption, and I don't think your conversion rate is going to be uh, as good. I will take note of what we've also talked about in emails is making sure that you don't have too many competing elements on here as well. Um, so me saying that does not mean that you need to put a huge orange button in that section with register now and introduce something that's going to be tugging away from the user. But even just making register now look uh, more like a link or having 
you know, a click here to register now after the um, text, I think that could improve those elements. So if you're introducing things to an email, um, secondary goals, make sure that they're not, it's not a guessing game for your user on how I can actually take advantage of that because some people might be interested in that and not interested in the rest of the email and you don't want to lose out on those users as well. Great. Thanks, Corey. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a question from the audience here and I'll open this up to our panel of experts if anybody has a comment. Uh, the question here is from John Alden, uh, and, the qu and it is, any comment on the effectiveness of video as seen here? Uh, I will add my personal comment first, that we do have, uh, we, we would like to learn more about the effectiveness of email as it is embedded in, uh, in a video, and uh, I think it would make for some very interesting research for us to, uh, to conduct, and so I would encourage anybody who's looking at using video and email to email us at partners at marketingexperiments.com so we can take a look and see if there might be an opportunity for us to conduct some research together. Adam, do you have a, a comment on that question? Sure. Well, one thing that I would do in, in terms of these videos is, um, you know, a video is a great place to attract a click. Uh, you know, somebody desires to see the video, so they're going to click through, maybe without even reading a lot of the copy you have below. So one thing I would change would, ha would be adding sort of that play button that you see online, you sort of that light gray, you can still see the background of the video, but kind of giving somebody a call to action, a place to click, um, instead of just relying on their own intuition. Great. Thanks, Adam. Boris, would you like to add something? Sure. Just a quick comment, uh, and along the lines of what Corey and Adam were saying, there's definitely, I just, just took a look at this page again and realized that there's really only two calls to action here. There's two little read more links, and there's really nothing else telling me what to do on this page. But another thing about videos to keep in mind uh, for Andy's question is that you don't necessarily want to make the person find out what the video is about by clicking on it. So that you want to have a little bit more of that conversation that Andy talked about originally before the, you expect the person to sit through, even if it's a three or five minute video, a little bit of, a, of a one or two selling points, why should I invest my time and go and watch that video. Great. Uh, great point. Thanks, Boris. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the, to the next contestant in the game of live optimization, which is going to be our friends at Allied Schools. So the objective of this email is to, is to get someone to call the company. The audience is uh, electricians, and for this one, there's actually no landing page. The single objective for this is to get a call. So Boris, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this email. Sure. So we see the, the image at the top and the top headline. We do a pretty good job of communicating with communicating what this email is all about. It targets electricians. I see there's an electrician in the banner at the top. I kind of, if I'm the target recipient of this email, I can say, okay, that's kind of me. That represents what I do. And the headline tells me that I can uh, grow my business. But I do have a couple of... Um, ideas for improving this email as well. For example, even this, this headline, while it's good and it highlights a benefit, it could be quantified better. Uh, in the most simplistic terms, you can tell me, hey, grow your business by X number of dollars, or other electricians like you were able to generate X number more dollars per year uh, by taking this course. So you want to be as specific as possible. We always talk about how specificity converts. You want to be as specific as possible in expressing the value proposition of your offer. So this is a good headline, but we want to strengthen it a little bit. Now, when you look at this text, even though it's a very short email, still it's a little bit 
relatively difficult to just glance at and understand what it's all about. There's there's only one uh, bulleted term, I believe, which I, I think it appears to be everything else. Um, uh, the words everything else, but other other than that, there are no subheadings. There are no bullet points here for me to quickly glance at it and understand immediately what this offer is all about. So my recommendation would be add a quick a set of quick bullet points that will immediately attract my attention, tell me very quickly in very few words why I should take this course. Again, things like how many more dollars I'm going to generate, how quickly I'll be able to get through the course, and so on will help me decide whether I should pick up the phone and call. Um, and uh, next, the phone number. As Andy said, there's no, there's actually a link on the bottom to, to a landing page, but clearly the primary call to action is to get people to call. So what, what's important here, and this is just really looking at the, um, the physiology of the person looking at this page, the phone number is in two places, but actually it's, they're clo so close to each other there's no real advantage to having it in both. And also within the, I guess, the, the yellow box, it's kind of lost among the, all the other words that are there. So if you want to have a phone number call to action, make it very clear, call this number and separate it from the copy that precedes it. So you want to give people the reason to call, but when you highlight the actual call to action, it needs to stand distinct from the rest of the copy. Uh, one other thing that I noticed that, was, that could be very helpful here to this page is having more credibility indicators. There's some information here on the very bottom uh, with a seal about the school. There's also some useful information in the right column, but it's not very obvious. So we're talking about NABCEP exam promise. I don't know who NABCEP is, but I suspect that they have a logo or something like that that would be meaningful to an electrician, somebody in this industry, and it would immediately communicate additional credibility of this offer because they'll immediately recognize it. Another way to uh, express credibility is, again, with a th something that the third party can say about you. It will always be more valuable than what you can say about yourself. So have a couple of maybe quotes from other electricians who, s who can say something like, I have taken this course and I was able to increase my bottom line, again, by X dollars. And that is the best kind of credibility indicator that you can get. That's, that's great insight, Boris. Thanks. Uh, Corey, do you have any other insight to add for us? Yeah, I do have a couple points. Uh, first, one thing I noticed that is very good about this company that they offer, but it's, it's kind of hidden on the side, is they have an exam promise. So if you look on the right-hand side, um, they promise that you'll pass the exam the first time. But it's not directly within the copy. It's not highlighted very well. Um, what we've seen with the right-hand side is that's very good for supporting elements, but those items don't get read very often. So sometimes we use that to our advantage when we have to include certain things on pages because of branding or legal departments, and we want to have it on the page but not emphasize it. In this case, I think that's a very strong selling point to why you should choose them and should probably be highlighted a tad more. Um, also, one thing that I know just an experience with partners, and I'm sure people on our panel would agree, when we are testing emails, um, especially when we're driving phone leads, there's this uh, belief that, well, we'll just test it and, you know, we'll kind of decide what works best. But um, I would challenge you guys, and especially um, Training for Green or Allied Schools, that you can sign up with companies that will actually give you phone numbers to test. And especially if you're going to be doing email testing in the future and driving phone leads, it would be a worthy business investment to buy a couple of 1-800 numbers and do tracking. So not only are you tracking, you know, 
thinking, well, I can really only track clicks to this page, you can actually track your phone sales as well. And so you can get actual bottom line numbers to how your emails are actually working out and contributing, again, to your bottom line. So when you are driving, you know, kind of more physical leads in the way of to salespeople, I would still take the time to do the measurement and the testing um, and buy some 1-800 numbers and include those in emails. Um, so you can kind of test, you know, do A and B testing, not, you know, sequential and try to have a guessing game on, you know, what email maybe contributed to some revenue. You can actually directly correlate that. So if there is, if you guys are interested a little bit more about that, use your comment feature and maybe we'll put that up on a blog on some companies to look at. Um, but I would challenge you guys, even though you're driving, you know, physical leads again, you can still do, you know, tracking with your emails and things of that nature. So uh, that's what I had to say. I'm going to turn it over to Adam. Sure, and I just had one more quick point on this email. Um, really, when we look at emails uh, across the industry, we see really a dichotomy of two strategies going on. There's emails that try to get the, the quick click uh, to drive traffic to a landing page where you do your selling there. And then there's long copy emails that try to do most of the selling in the email. Now, understand this email has the phone number on it, so you're going to try to do the selling here. But one thing you may want to test is... Um, driving to a landing page that does a lot of heavy selling and then has the phone number on the landing page as the the uh, the primary call to action. I don't know if you've tested that before. You may have and have found out that this works best. But what you're going to find happening in a lot of situations is that um, within your email box, it's difficult to do a lot of selling because there's so many uh, other emails competing for attention. Uh, so you really have to have a strong offer to uh, make your, your reader ignore everything that's going on in their inbox. And whereas a landing page, you're really the only competition on that landing page, maybe except for the Xbox or the browser box, but you, know, you really have uh, the audience to yourself. Great. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next live optimization uh, contestant. So this one is Volusion from our friends at Volusion, Ashley Baining. Uh, quick shout out, someone that we know over there at Volusion just spoke to yesterday. Uh, so this particular uh, uh, email is, uh, has an objective of generating 14-day trial registrations. And Volusion is an uh, 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 e-commerce service provider company. So their audience is small business owners, and the click-through goes to the 14-day free trial registration page. So uh, Adam, why don't you just continue on with some analysis of this email? Sure. So before I get into the analysis, I just want to say this email does do a lot of things well. Uh, the headline's easy to see. It's got you know a nice big supporting image. Um, you know the call to action you know stands out. It's large and it's green. Um, and they use bullet points very effectively with the check marks and the bold and really the short one-liners. But there are a few things that we r would recommend testing on this email. Uh, the first point is a little bit misleading in the way it's written. Um, obviously, there is a clear call to action here. Uh, but what I would say to this call to action is it's a little bit atypical to what you may usually see online. Um, obviously, it is a button, but it's, it's a large button. It may be uh, confused with a content box. Uh, also, it doesn't have drop shadow. And to some users, it may not appear clickable. So what I would test would be, you know, smaller, more typical buttons that you would see online. And that's the same reason why a lot of times in our research we suggest you use blue text links as opposed to um, a different color text with a rollover just because blue text links across 
the entire internet for the entire time it's been up is something people identify as clickable. The other thing is the headline. Um, I said that it's easy to see, and that's definitely true. But what exactly does it mean? Um, I don't know what you, exactly what your target audience is. Maybe they are a predefined um, ideal audience that know every single thing that you're talking about. Um, but I would uh, be a little bit more clear about what you mean by e-commerce solution. You know, that headline is going to be the first thing people see. A lot of cases, the only thing people read. So you want to communicate the essence of your product, what you're trying to sell right then and there, instead of being a little bit vague or ambi uh, ambiguous with uh, uh, the words e-commerce solution. Just tell me what exactly the solution is. Finally, with that supporting image, it, it is dominant. It does attract the eye. Uh, I am going to look over at it. Uh, but when I do, all I'm going to see is sort of a hodgepodge of smaller images. Um, and, and so I, I don't exactly know what I'm looking at. So you may want to test uh, a single image where I can really see uh, what's going on there. Uh, just one page and to, just to clearly see what you're, what's happening on that one page as opposed to kind of squinting and, and trying to find out what you're doing with the other pages. And a lot of times in your emails, a lot of, many people don't take advantage of this, but the iPad is going to be drawn to your, your secondary images. And in this case, what I would recommend is you know, having an easy-to-see secondary image. And in case somebody does kind of uh, veer over there, you'll have you know, a small little secondary uh, place for them to click through. So you don't have to really duplicate efforts, make them scroll left to right and left to right. And uh, that's pretty much about it. Great. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Jimmy, would you like to add some comments here? Sure. So one of the notes that we got from uh, from Volusion was that this uh, the audience for this particular email is small business owners. And, and you know, and I actually have a lot of experience in e-commerce packages and platforms because I was part of a bunch of startups that were using them. And when I, when I think about, okay, if this is really for small business owners, and then I see things like Disney, Motorola, Crutchfield, um, even your PC Magazine thing, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like a solution for small business owners. I want you to help me overcome things like, you know, how easy is this thing to install? How long is it going to take? Um, does it compete with other comparable products for small businesses that don't know all the facets and features of, of a high-end e-commerce platform or even what they need? So how are you really helping overcome some of the major problems uh, that small business owners have to get them to do the 14-day free trial. Because you're saying 14-day free trial, but you know, is someone going to really dive into and start using your package as a small business owner before they know it's the right solution? I don't think they're just going to try it before they, they either talk to someone or see a tour or an online demo. So my, my thing would be, can you customize the messaging and, and the companies on here or even include testimonials or something like that from an actual small business saying it really helped them get their first e-commerce store up and running? So I'm not really pointing out elements in this specific email that, that you know, move the call to action here, do this out there. I'm talking about the messaging itself and the strategy they're using to actually get a customer to the landing page, and not just a customer, the right customer, the small business owners that they're really trying to target. Uh, well, thanks for the insight. Uh, also, Corey, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, one uh, one thing kind of almost picking back off of uh, what Jimmy was talking about. You're going to have a wide audience for this, uh, I'm just assuming. 
Uh, one thing that you also might want to try and test is the 14-day aspect of the free trial. Um, this seems to be quite a uh, intense installation potentially, or maybe that's something that you want to address in your copy. But for me, looking at it, I might just skip this offer altogether because I think 14 days, I don't even think I can implement this and even give it a fair shake in that time period. So you might want to take that off and maybe discuss that on the landing page. And even if you do have a shortened trial period, I think that's a great way to, to emphasize why that is enough because you have so many great features. So you can actually get this up and running in 14 days because we have an easy one, two, three setup, or we have a really easy import tour, we work with a lot of vendors, things of that nature. So even if you do have a short time period on a landing page, you can address you know concerns that people might have. But again, on, on, in this section, it might be worth a test to leave that out because it is such a short time span for potentially an intense install for what people are imagining. That's a great recommendation, Corey. Audience, you should have seen the heads nodding around the room as he was talking. Uh, great recommendation. Thanks very much. Oh, uh, Jimmy, go ahead. I, I, one, one recent test that we just ran, and I don't think James or Paul's on here, but they helped run this test. Uh, we have a partner that's a high -end, uh, that has high-end accounting software. I'm talking Fortune 500. Uh, accounting management and software for uh, CFOs and stuff like that. And they, their original call to action, whether it was email or landing page, uh, originally was a free trial. But if you really think about uh, switching a company's accounting system uh, through a trial, you're, you're probably shaking your head saying, there is no way a company is going to switch their entire accounting model to a new system during a, a trial. So what we did was we did a specific call to action test. We might even have something on the site about it where we tested free trial versus uh, free tour versus online tour, a couple other ones. And I know that the, the view the tour or the free tour or watch the free tour, the tour actually not only did it get more people, but the quality of the leads were higher for that niche. This is the same type of, uh, of product or solution where you're gonna, it's going to be hard to get someone to jump ship from another platform to this one or even try it for the first time during a trial. So we're not saying, is the trial the wrong way to do it? No, we don't know yet, but this is our test. Try the free trial versus uh, viewing an online tour or getting them on a web conference where you could go through the features and all the things that it can do to help small businesses, which would hopefully lead to a bunch of really highly qualified leads. Great point, Jimmy. Thanks very much. Uh, just one quick thing that I'd like to add for the audience is that you'll hear us make a lot of different recommendations over, over a lot of these emails. And the question always comes up, you know, if your email didn't get picked for live optimization, how can you get specific help from the team at Marketing Experiments? Uh, and I just want to point you to marketingexperiments.com slash email. You have an opportunity to look there. There are some resources on there that can help you specifically. We do have some availability from our research team to be able to really get some one-on-one -on -one hands-on help from our team. So check out marketingexperiments.com slash email. So moving on to the next live optimization victim. Jimmy, you're, you're, you're up still. Let's uh, hear what you have to say about our friends at, uh, at Photo Shelter. Just real quick background. Uh, the objective of this was to convert members of a photography magazine subscriber list. And the audience are photography enthusiasts as well as some professional photographers. And it clicks through to a landing page that is a coupon, a try for $1 coupon. So Jimmy, take it away. All right, what is it? So I get to this, unless I've already been to Photo Shelter and know that they basically provide complete solutions for professional photographers, then when I get here, I don't know what it is. The first thing I see is Photo Shelter's advanced features and SEO settings are the best we found. But, you know, is it 
Is it just a tool for my site? Is this an entire package or platform? Can, can I run my business on it? Like, I, I don't even know, you know as, a, as a photographer, I wouldn't even know how to process what I'm seeing because the headline is not clear. And, and you thought, if, if you've been on our web conferences, you know our, our thing is clarity trumps persuasion. I don't care how cool it looks. I don't care what kind of fun, tricky things it's got going on. If it's not clear what it is and why we should use it or try it, then you're going to be losing people. So when I see it, it's a, it's a great um, you know, testimonial or credibility that you want to use in this email, but you don't want to start with it because it's not clear of exactly what this email is for. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it can help me. Then I see the images, and images are good, but because I'm not clear on what it is, the images don't make sense. They don't truly support the product the way it really should. If I knew that this was a complete package for uh, pho photographers to help them basically run their online business and their website, then the images would be great because they see these samples of complete sites. But if I didn't know they were complete sites because of, because of the, the way this thing starts, then it doesn't help you. Then I see display cell archive. I'm still unsure what this is. And then the next thing I see, because it's a, it's a good call to action, it's a big call to action, it's in the center of the page, it's the right way to do it. Try it for $1. But try what? <laughs> is, it, is it a widget? Is it a tool? Is it a complete solution? Now, I've looked at the site, and I saw that it was a complete solution. But here's the other, here's the other thing. You, before I get into the rest of the page, the guys at Photoshop are probably saying, hey, we have all that on the page. And if you look on the right-hand side of the screenshot, you'll see the big, long page. And these guys have everything you could possibly think of to, for a customer to make a decision in there. But I don't think they're going to scroll down. I bet you almost everyone, after seeing this, forgot it was an email because it does not look like an email. It looks like a landing page. So in, in terms of your email, to get your click, you have to start with a clear headline. You got to be probably include you know three to five bullets like we usually say to clarify exactly what the benefits like why I should use this solution compared to anyone else. You have the good images, you have the credibility, and then get down to click on the button. Whether it's try it for a dollar, whether it's free trial or any other strategy, uh, you got your good button there, and that that style of button is great. Now the rest of the page, we said there's too much selling in the email. I talked about the long page. I mean. The objective of the email really is to get that click and let your landing page do the selling. So, I mean, you could really end this email right below that red button. There is a version of this email that you need to test that is that short and sweet with a really clear headline with your three to five bullets with the images of the product and to try it for free and that's it and to see if it would get a higher click-through rate and a higher conversion than the current one. The friction on this one is the length of the page. It is really, really long. Now, it's got good information in it. And it doesn't mean that this long version is not going to outperform the short, but you have to test the other strategy to get the click and see if it does better. Uh, last point, uh, look and feel like a landing page is not an email. I already mentioned it. This is not that conversational uh, version. Now, their product is a website platform, so you're going to want to have the images in here. But there may be a way you could you could test a letter-style version of this where it's, a, it's an intro probably from the email list company. So this is an email list for an actual, uh, sorry, photography magazine subscriber list. You know, see if they would co-brand an email with you from the actual magazine instead of you doing an uh, individual send from Photo Shelter directly because these customers have a relationship with the magazine but not with you yet. And if you can use that relationship and that credibility, you'll probably get more people to, one, open the email, two, uh, respond to the email and believe what the email is saying. So that's my quick run through of photo shelf. Anybody else have a comment?
Yeah, uh, we do have another comment here. Corey, do you have some additional insight to provide? I do, and this comment actually goes to Dina. Uh, her comment so far on the web clinic has been, we've talked a lot about what not to do, so give us some ideas on what to do. I think a very good uh, exam, uh, another test of this email, uh, along with what Jimmy has said so far, is connect with a problem. A lot of... If these are serious photographers, I'm sure a lot of them have a lot of great pictures, but they look at a website and a way to sell their pictures online as something kind of mysterious or maybe costs a lot of money or they just don't know where to start. So I think a very good email to test would be to connect with that problem that they have and lead with your email in that way. So connect with what they potentially might struggle with and offer them that you have a very good product that can meet that need, and it's at a, a very good price point. I mean, why not try it out for a dollar, which is the price of like a burrito or something? I mean, again... Connect with that problem that they might have, and again, showing them that you have a, a powerful solution, even using one of their headlines on the email. So I think that that would be a very good test to run and see what kind of photographers that you can connect with. And I, I would imagine that the emotional connection, once they get onto this funnel, will be quite high as well because, again, it's connected with them at a deeper level. So, Dina, that again goes out to you. Great. Uh, thanks, Corey. Uh, Adam. Yeah, and I know we've spent a lot of time on this email. We want to move on. But one last uh, great idea to test uh, actually comes from a question that uh, we had um, on the uh, the webinar <coughs> is that, you know, what what about uh, emails that are very image heavy and, you know, your Outlook or your Hotmail has, you know, just the, uh, the red X and you have to click the download images. One great idea to, to test is to have um, sort of a summary of maybe four or five, um, you know, quick links at the very, very top of the email. So even right above the, the photo shelter logo, um, you know, just have, you know, a quick digest of the key points of the email with clickable blue text links. So if somebody doesn't even read the whole email or download the images, they can easily click to the next page. So I was say, Adam, don't we have a, a, another research brief where that was actually tested and got some really significant results where we had the, the quick uh, summary. It's almost like a, a mini directory at the top of the page with three to five links. Uh, I wish we could find that and include it. Maybe we can find it uh, uh, before we send out the official brief and have a link in the resources section to that actual uh, research brief. I know we have it somewhere. Sure, yeah. It, it's from a, a study uh, done by Marketing Sherpa for Sierra Club. So. If you have a Sherpa access, just quickly log in there and, and check out Sierra Club. And we'll make sure to include that in an upcoming blog post so that you can have a link on there. Uh, now, I am reading the Q&A feature, and there are lots and lots of people asking questions about images being uh, enabled or disabled in, a, uh, in an email client. And I would like to address that because we are seeing a lot of questions about that. Boris, can you give us some uh, insight into that? Sure, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on that issue. It's really more of a deliverability issue than an optimization issue. It has to do with uh, uh, the quality of your uh, ESP and so on because of how you may or may not be whitelisted and, uh, and how your emails will interact with different email clients. But you absolutely do need to be conscious of, the, of that issue. Uh, for example, the email we're looking at now and several of the other ones we looked at, and if we get to see a couple of other emails, do tend to rely on images quite a bit. Now, first of all, an easy solution is to have that all text, but that all text is not going to be as impressive, again, as the, one, as the email we're looking at right now on your screens. Uh, it, it cannot possibly display the product in the same way. So you want to be absolutely uh, certain that your image is doing such a great job that for people who don't see it, um, uh, would be that the image quality for people who do see it will be will outweigh the negatives of people who don't. 
uh, my Outlook by default does not display images, so your email needs to be really, really get me to turn my images on, and that's where your plain text is going to be absolutely critical at the beginning of the message. Thanks, Boris. Uh, we're going to try to do one more email here. We're, we're running low on time, but I'm going to try to get to one more uh, real quick. So uh, this one is from our friends at ActiveGolf.com. Uh, the objective of this email is to get customers to book tee times. The audience for this one is subscribers who elect to receive uh, free uh, available tee times in their area. And the subject line is, here are today's tee time specials from ActiveGolf.com. So, Corey, can you give us some analysis on this email? Certainly. Uh, and, and I'll make this brief since we're running a little bit short on time. But as with what we've mentioned prior to this, personalize the email. Um, if you have the recipient's name, um, go ahead and include that. Uh, one thing I think that would be an interesting test as well, and maybe what would influence click-throughs as well, is if you know the location of the recipient, go ahead and include that in the subject line um, and highlight that because, again, it's going to show them more relevance and stand out to them. Um, what, going into the email as well, I think that that carries over um, because what's kind of odd about this email is right away we're greeted with fine North Carolina tea time bargains in um, instead of kind of maybe showing what they have uh, purchase in the past and highlighting that first, or if they've, again, indicated a location where they live, we can go ahead and highlight those first. So instead of starting out with such a generic um, kind of section of the email, go ahead and show them something that might be a, a little bit more relevant. Um, another thing that is kind of missing from this that we've seen quite well in emails that work similar to this is maybe include some ratings on the courses. You might not have these, um, so you could actually grab them from another source, maybe a golf review site, something of that nature. Um, but that, again, might help them make the decision for them. You know, I see a lot of golf courses here. Uh, I have a free day, so uh, what do I choose? And, you know, rankings of the site or reviews can be a quick way you know, to help your users out even more and provide that customer service. Um, another interesting test for this email is we have um, in red text for all these listings, tea times for just $30. Uh, what also might entice people to click a little bit more as well is how much discount is that usually? So if it's just $30, but it's a $40 course normally, well, that's not really, you know, I mean, it's a savings, but I'm not playing it like an elite course for cheap which some golfers might be interested in doing. So, again, something to test uh, a little bit differently on um, the email. And another thing on this email, which some of you might be interested in with how we grow our email list, an interesting feature for this would maybe be, uh, and I wouldn't highlight it too, too much to distract away from what you need to do, but maybe have an email uh, tea time to a friend. Because while you might not have the opportunity to golf that day, maybe you know a friend of yours is off or something like that, and again, you can send them a tea time and then organically grow your list for free instead of buying lists or, you know, all the other costs that can incur. Um, people are going to probably forward your uh, email if that's the case, but you might be surprised at how many people might use that feature. And again, it's a good way to introduce your brand to them, and it's coming from one of their friends. It's not coming from you, buying lists or anything like that. So the trust of that email is going to probably be a little bit higher. Um, so a, a, an interesting test for that as well to maybe uh, uh, grow your list. So as a quick summary, we need to personalize this a little bit more. If we know where the recipient is located, let's highlight, it, highlight that a little bit better. Um, also including that in the subject line, I think, would yield some good click-through gains. Um, what are some tee times in your area? personalize that, um, even highlight some of the courses they might have played at in the past. Again, they might say, oh, yeah, I remember that course. That's great. You know, I'll go there. 
um, have some ratings on the courses to, again, help users make that decision. Um, what, are, what are some people that are in my position deciding whether or not to play the course? What do they say about it? You know, I'm, I'm, rela I'm re relying on my peers to tell me something a little bit about that email. And it, it seems from user standpoint it's coming from another source. It's not just from you. It's coming from someone else. So, um, and all the other things that we talked about. So, again, we're running short on time, so I'll stop there and see if anyone from the team has anything to say. Great. Uh, thank, thanks, Corey. We are uh, running a little bit too short on time here. Uh, I do want to say that we received hundreds of submissions for this live optimization clinic, and I'm sorry for all the folks that we were not able to get to, uh, but I do encourage all of you to try and check out marketingexperiments.com slash email and see if there are some resources there that might help you out with your email. So, also, I'd like to uh, announce, really, that we're having a 2010 online marketing ROI tour, something that our family have companies uh, has not ever done before, and we're really very excited uh, at being able to bring uh, experts like Dr. McLaughlin, uh, Sergio Bolaño from Marketing Sherpa, Todd Lebo from Marketing Sherpa together to talk about something more than just landing page optimization and email optimization. We're going to talk about social media strategy. We are going to talk about uh, strategies for list building and management. Uh, you're going to learn more about how to leverage analytics in your marketing campaigns. We're doing this in four cities, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. And there's lots more information available at marketingexperiments.com slash ROI tour. I will be at most of them, and I hope to see a lot of folks there. So on that note, I would like to say to our audience, thank you very much for attending today's web clinic. Uh, you can, of course, receive more resources at marketingexperiments.com slash email. You can learn about the ROI tour at marketingexperiments.com slash ROI tour. Uh, also would encourage you to check out our optimization courses that we offer uh, online, live, and in companies at marketingexperiments.com slash training. And as I mentioned earlier, anyone who has an interesting marketing challenge that you feel like the research team at Marketing Experiments could be able to help you with, uh, I would encourage you to visit marketingexperiments.com slash partners and learn more about the research partnership program. We will be sending out an email to everyone who attended today when this recording is available online, as well as a research brief. Generally, that's about a week from now when that's available. Uh, and we'll also be uh, providing some additional information through uh, other emails, blog posts. Follow us on Twitter, at marketingexperiments.com, or at marketingexperiments, excuse me. Almost put the .com in there, just on autopilot. Uh, but thanks again, for everyone, for attending. Uh, have a great day. Good luck with your email campaigns. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments Live Web Clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.